y'all seen my grandson lately? Say hi to everybody. Huh? You want to see yourself up there, don't you? Huh? 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 You going to talk to anybody? Why don't you say hi? Hey, remember what we practiced Tuesday? I get to watch him every Tuesday because it's choir night. So Jamie drops off the kids and they get to hang with Papa. And so I'm trying to teach him how to say Papa. Say Papa. <gasps> Papa. You better say Papa. You better say Papa. <laughs> yes. That's a good start. Papa. I think this is going to be his first words. What do you think? Want to go see your grandma? We are adoptive grandparents. And we could not be happier to have Isabella and Judah as our adopted grandkids. Hey, Papa. Say Papa. Hey. <laughs> Most Baby's first words are either mama or dada. I think his is going to be papa. <laughs> Picasso's first word was pencil. For real. Bill Clinton's first words were papa. His dad died, and so his grandfather helped raise him. And so uh, they, they say that his first word was papa. Do you know what God's first words were? God? What's the first thing that we hear God say? What is it? The first words that God says that are recorded. Let there be light. These are the first recorded words in Scripture from God. Do you know God's first words to man? It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He said, let there be light, and there was. But then he went on to create some more. Ultimately, he created man. What's the first thing that he says to man? First thing that God says, yes, be fruitful and multiply. And boy, we, didn't we take him seriously there? <laughs> Billions of people inhabit the earth. You know, I just finished a series entitled His Last Words. This was a study of the words of Jesus Christ as he hung on the cross. So I was evaluating this series and I felt impressed to ask myself, what was the first word that Jesus spoke after he got up out of the tomb? So today we are going to venture into a, a smaller series. It's not as long as his last words, but I've entitled this his first words. And we are going to study what Jesus had to say after the resurrection. I want you to open your Bible to John chapter 20. John chapter 20 is where we're going to go for the next few moments that we have together. As you're turning, 
Let me just invite you back next week. Does anybody know why next week is important? Mother's Day, Day, yes. And we will honor all of our mothers, and uh, we want to honor all mothers that come next week. We have a special, special speaker. My wife, Karen, is going to bring the word, and I'm excited about that. So I want you to come and bring mom. Bring as many moms as you know, and uh, let's just believe for a great day. I also want to bring to your attention a memorial service that is scheduled for this Saturday. Gail Vanderwall's daughter, Becky, she uh, went to be with the Lord after a complication from a, a brain tumor surgery, and um, she, she passed, and her memorial service is going to be this coming Saturday at 11 o'clock right here. And so I would love La Palma for as many of us as can to come and really support this family. That's this Saturday at 11. John chapter 20, look at verse number 19 with me. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples, therefore, said to Thomas, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, unless I put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days, his disciples were again inside, and this time Thomas was with them. Jesus came. The doors were shut, yet he stood in the midst, and he said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here. Look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but be believing. And Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you've seen me, because you've touched me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet they believe. Father, we thank you for your word, and we ask that what you've sent it to do, it would be done. Speak to us today, and give us your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the first things that Jesus said after he rose from the dead, it is this word here, peace. Peace. Take a deep breath and just say peace. Isn't it nice to have peace, Yolanda? I mean, there's so much that fights against peace in our lives. 
Today, God is going to give peace. Already has done so. He's the peace speaker. And one of the first words that he spoke after he rose was peace. In fact, he says it three times in this text, each meaning something significant. And I want you to jot down some notes today and see what is significant about his peace. Remember, we're not talking about peace that we can manufacture, peace that we can buy. You say, what do you mean, buy peace? Yeah. I'm talking about antidepressants and, and sleeping aids. You can go and buy yourself some peace. The United States is the number one producer of peace-producing drugs in the world. We're the number one producer in the world, for the world. And we are the number one consumer of those drugs. So it tells me something today. We want peace. We're willing to buy it. But I'm not talking about the peace that you can purchase. I'm talking about a peace that can't be purchased. I'm talking about a peace that really can't even be fully understood. It surpasses our ability to understand. This is the kind of peace that I'd like to preach on just for a little bit today. Three times Jesus spoke peace in this text. What is the significance of his peace? first thing that I want you to understand is his peace alleviated fear. Number one, his peace lifted or alleviated fear. We see fear attaching itself to the disciples throughout their lives. We see it here. There was a fear of people. Clearly, the disciples battled fear. They have a fear of people right here. Look at verse number 19. The same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus shows up and says, Peace be with you. So I want you to get the picture of, the, of this particular verse. The disciples are gathered in a secret place. They've shut the doors and probably locked the doors. They've tried to barricade the doors. They're gathering together, assembling together, but they don't want anyone to know about it. Why? Because they're connected to Jesus. Remember the girl, or the people, actually. It started with a girl, but it ended up being some of the crowd as well. They're trying to... to uh, trying to tell Peter, aren't you one of them? They were asking him. Peter says, no, no, no. But everybody knew that they were part of, of Jesus. Everybody knew that they were followers, especially the Jews. And the Jews were the ones who killed Jesus. So let's not be too hard on them for being afraid of people right here. After all, they probably wanted to live. They're meeting in secret, trying to figure out what's next. What do we do now? We've decided to follow Jesus. We've left our nets. We've left our tax collecting. We've left our carpentry, whatever else the other disciples might have done for a living. We've left all of that to follow him, and now he's dead. Now he's gone. we got to get together here and figure out what we're going to do. 
So they're gathered together, locked doors, closed doors, uh, in a secret place. And what happens? Jesus shows up. Notice he didn't knock on the door. He just shows up. He didn't even have to, he didn't even have to knock on a door, right? He just showed up. He just appeared in the room with them. And one of the first things that he said to them is, do not fear. They were afraid of the Jews. They were afraid of the religious leaders. They were afraid of the Pharisees, of the Sadducees, of the Romans. Not much has changed with the disciples of today and those who follow Jesus today. So many are afraid of people, afraid of what they might say, afraid of what they might think, afraid of what they might do. We have nothing to fear if we follow Jesus and we have the peace of Jesus. People will always say things about those who follow Christ. It won't be different today. We are different. You are peculiar, right? Look at your neighbor and tell him you're peculiar. The Bible says we're a peculiar people. We're pilgrims. We're strangers. We're passing through. This isn't our home. We're aliens. I'm looking at a room full of aliens here today. That's all right. You're, we're not supposed to be like everybody else. Don't fear what people will think. Don't fear what people will say. Don't fear what people will do. His peace alleviated the fear that they had of people. They had a fear of people. They had a fear of perishing. I, I, I saw this with the disciples. I started to study the fear of the disciples. They also had a fear of perishing. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 starts and says, Now when he got into the boat, Jesus got into the boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great storm arose on the sea. So bad was the storm that the boat was covered with the waves. But Jesus was asleep. Then his disciples came to him, awoke, awoke him, and said, Lord, save us. Why? We are perishing. But Jesus said to them, Why are you fearful? O oh, you of little faith. And Jesus arose and rebuked the winds. He rebuked the sea, and there was a great calm. They were afraid of perishing. The, the waves were so great, it says that, that they just overtook the boat. Maybe you feel like that today. Not literally, but, but mentally you feel like this. Emotionally you feel like this. You just, you just feel like there's a storm in your life right now. And you're afraid of perishing. It astounds me how many people fear, fear dying. Even, even followers of Christ, even good Christians are afraid of dying, afraid of perishing. There's a, there's a show on, on one of the networks, I'm not sure what network, but it's called Doomsday Preppers. Anybody ever seen this? Crazy. These people will convert their entire home, they'll convert their garage, their basement, they'll, they'll build a shelter even underground. Because they think that the end is coming nigh. 
And it could be from alien invasion. I just saw a room full of aliens a minute ago. Maybe it is so. I don't know. It could be because of uh, a, a nuclear holocaust. And the list goes on of reasons why they will prep. But they're afraid of perishing. Don't be afraid of death. Not your own and not your loved ones. The only thing that concerns, should concern us concerning death is for those who don't know Christ. But that should not be a fear as much as a motivation to make him known to those who are dying. And truth be told, they're all dying, aren't they? The whole world is dying, and they need, the, they need the Savior. They need Christ. Jesus took the, the sting out of death when he died on the cross. And so he said in 1 Corinthians 15 and 54, O oh death, where is your sting? I'm so glad today that Jesus took the, the sting out of death and we do not have to fear dying. We do not have to fear perishing. Receive the peace of God today. They battled fear of people. They battled fear of perishing. They battled fear of just pressure. John 16, 33, These things I have spoken to you, Jesus said, that in me you may have peace. We're talking about peace today. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Jesus said, I've overcome the world. Aren't you glad that Jesus overcame the world? Now this word, this word right here, bring that back up for a moment. This word tribulation right here, it translates in the Greek thelipsis. That's the Greek word thelipsis. And thelipsis translates pressure. That's what this word means, pressure. Pressure, oppression, stress, anguish, tribulation, adversity, affliction, crushing, squashing, squeezing, distress. Wow. So when you read this from now on, you'll understand what tribulation really translates here. Think of a grape or an olive being put into a press to squeeze out or crush all of the juice, all of the oil. That's the tribulation. Ever felt like a grape in the press? Ever felt like an olive having all the, all the life squeezed out of you, all the oil squeezed out of you? Pressure. The pressures of life cause fear. But Jesus speaks peace to all the pressure and all the tribulation that may come in our life, whatever you're facing right now, whatever bit of tribulation it might be. It's a long list, pressure, oppression, stress, anguish, tribulation, adversity, affliction, crushing, squashing, squeezing. Peace. Peace be still. Peace in the pressure. What's the significance of his peace? His peace not only alleviated fear, his peace, second of all, motivated, activated movement. Fear is paralyzing. Peace is mobilizing. 
Let me say that again. Fear is paralyzing. Peace is mobilizing. Fear will keep you frozen. Peace will get you moving. I believe that as Jesus spoke peace to the disciples the second time, it was the activation switch that got them moving. Look at verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. The second time that he says it here, as the Father has sent me, I also am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So here they are in this barricaded, secret hiding place of a room trying to figure out what are we going to do now. The one that we decided to follow has been murdered and we've left everything to follow him. What do we do now? Jesus shows up and tells them exactly what to do. Be at peace. The Father sent me, and so now I'm sending you. And immediately they knew now there was something to do. Movement was activated as he spoke peace. Maybe they felt overwhelmed. I know sometimes I do. There are many times I think, God, this job is too big. This pulpit is too sacred. I can't do this. But he'll speak peace to me, and he gets me moving. He gets me active again and moves me forward. And I know that I have to trust in him for the movement. You see, he sent them, Yolanda, but he didn't send them without help. There was two areas of help that Jesus gave them for this movement. First of all, they were sent with the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're trying to do what God has called you to do in your own ability, in your own education, with your own connections, no wonder you get frustrated, no wonder you get overwhelmed, no wonder you're fearful. That can only last so long. But when we are moving with the activation of his peace and with the empowerment of his Holy Spirit, you better get out of that person's way. No matter what their education is, no matter what their connections are, if they are empowered by the Holy Spirit, they can do what God has sent them to do and what God has called them to do. We still believe in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit here at La Palma Christian Center. How many still believe in the power that comes from the baptism in the Holy Spirit? He said, you shall receive power. Acts 1.8, I want you to bring it up. But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world, to the end of the earth, he said. That's a tall order. That's a big, gigantic task. But he's sending us. Every person in this room has ability and talent each one unique, each one specifically formed and shaped by God. Each one has a testimony of what God has done. 
Libby, I wish I was a woman for just a little bit so I could sneak in and hear you. Maybe they'll tape it and I wouldn't have to wish that and I could just hear it anyway. Libby has an unbelievable testimony of God's grace and God's help and God's healing power to deliver her and heal her of cancer. You don't want to miss this tonight. I would rearrange your schedule, ladies, in order to hear this great testimony. And God is sending her. This is part of her sending. With this word. And he empowers her with the Holy Spirit. Each of us have a, a witness and a testimony. And God sends us. He sends us with the power of the Holy Spirit. But there's another power source, and you don't want to miss this. He also empowered the disciples with forgiveness. They were sent with the power of the Holy Spirit. They were sent with the power of forgiveness. And I say the power of forgiveness because there's power in forgiveness. There's also poison in unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a poison. It's like cancer, only worse. Unforgiveness... When it metastasizes, it doesn't just metastasize throughout your body. It will usually metastasize to somebody else. That's how powerful and poisonous unforgiveness is. And the sad thing is, unforgiveness doesn't do anything for the other person or the other people. We harbor and hold unforgiveness and and people will say well pastor you don't know what was done to me you don't know what how I was hurt well you're right but I do know that God is able to help in every situation it does not minimize the wrong but you do not have to be a prisoner and held captive to unforgiveness it's really significant here what Jesus is saying I'm sending you with the Holy Spirit and also I'm sending you with forgiveness and the power of forgiveness if you if you forgive someone their sins are forgiven if you don't their sins are retained that's what the scripture says let Jesus empower you today for those who need to forgive do it you have the here's here's the beauty you already have power from the Holy Spirit to then forgive so you have a, a double barrel shotgun really so to speak right you, you are all powered up. You're powered with the Holy Spirit, and you've got power to forgive. I choose to forgive. Make a choice today. Choose to forgive, and you'll be free, and others will be free. Number three, I'm talking to you today about the significance of the peace that Jesus spoke to the disciples that day because I think it's significant for us today. His peace alleviated fear. His peace activated movement. And thirdly, his peace annihilated doubt. You remember doubting Thomas? Here he, here he is in John 20, 24. Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve. He was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples are trying to convince Thomas. And they say, dude, we have seen the Lord. Can you imagine? That would just be unbelievable we have seen the Lord and he says unless I see the his hands and the prints of the nails unless I put my finger in the prints I put my hand in his side I'm not going to believe now this is what's interesting 
Jesus could have immediately appeared again because he just showed up unannounced. Didn't knock on the door. He just showed up. So here they are gathered together with Thomas. And they're saying, Thomas, you, you can't believe what we just saw. Jesus, we saw Jesus. We, he showed us his hands. We, we saw it all. Jesus made Thomas wait eight more days. <laughs> he could have just showed up again. Thomas had to wait eight more days. But finally, they're gathered together again, and Jesus shows up. Thomas sees for himself. Thomas touches for himself. And so Thomas decides to believe. As Jesus spoke peace that third time, doubt was destroyed, completely annihilated. Let me tell you what doubt does. Doubt causes disbelief. Jesus said, you, you, great, Thomas, you, you believe because you've seen my hands and you've touched my side. Don't be unbelieving. That's what he said to Thomas. Don't be unbelieving. Doubt will cause disbelief. You start doubting this, you'll start doubting that. And doubt will just peel away and erode away the foundation that you're standing on. What is your foundation? What is our foundation? Somebody? Well, it's, in, it's Jesus, but how do we get to Jesus? Faith. Somebody say faith. faith. We're standing on a foundation of faith in Christ Jesus. It's faith in Christ Jesus because we haven't seen him. We haven't touched him. We haven't actually talked with him and heard him. Now, there will be some that say they've had a vision of Jesus and they've heard his audible voice. God bless you. I think it, I'm not doubting that. I haven't. I'm not even looking for it here. I know I'll have it in heaven. But I have faith in him. That's my foundation. That's what I'm building on. That's what I'm standing on. And when we doubt, it starts to erode away the foundation of our faith. And before we know it, we will crumble, folks. That's doubt. Doubt causes disbelief. Doubt causes double-mindedness. James chapter 1, verses 6, 7, and 8. Let him ask in faith. Without doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Doubting leads to destruction, instability, an unstable life. Let me tell you what believing brings. Believing brings blessing. Anybody want to be blessed today? Do you want your home blessed? Do you want your finances blessed? Do you want your marriage blessed? Do you want your children blessed? Believe. He said, Thomas, you believe because you've seen me, you've touched me. Bring up 29 for us. Just, could you just bring 29? Thomas, because you've seen me, you've believed. Blessed are those who've not seen. Mm. Yet we believe. That's us. He was speaking that really for us, our benefit. And all who would read that and all who would believe without seeing. 
when we believe it leads to blessing it brings blessing let your anchor of faith go down today so deep and let it hold to the rock when the winds come the storms blow we'll be anchored believing God I know you're still God I know you're still there I know you're still hearing me and I believe that you'll be bring the answer one of the first words that Jesus spoke after he rose it's this it's peace a peace that alleviated fear activated movement and annihilated doubt do you need peace today how many would say pastor I really need God's peace today his peace is a gift to you John 14 27 he said peace I leave with you my peace I give to you not like the world gives don't let your heart be troubled don't let your heart be afraid bow your heads today accept Jesus and you accept peace reject Jesus and really you reject peace your first step in receiving the peace of God is by making peace with God this is the first step if you want the peace of God you have to make peace with God in other words you have to just acknowledge that you need God and connect to God asking God to help you asking him to forgive you of your sin and all your wrong if you're here today and you would like to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and make things right with God make peace with God I want you to lift your hand right now you need Jesus as your Savior amen I see hands being raised I sense faith being raised in just a moment I'm going to ask everybody to stand and as this congregation stands if you're serious about accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior and you want to make peace with God and ask him to forgive you of your sins I want you to come our pastors will meet you right here we're going to pray with you come on everybody stand and this is your opportunity let me invite you come now accept Christ accept God's gift of peace he is our peace is our peace who has broken down Thank you, every Jesus. wall he is our peace come and let us pray with you today he is 
just need a supernatural portion of God's peace right now. I want you to lift your hand right where you are. Peace in a storm, peace in a situation. There's turmoil right now and you just need God's peace. Come on and lift your hand right now. God, I thank you that you still speak peace to the storms and the winds and the waves obey you. And I pray, Lord, for those who are going through troubled time and tribulation that pressure give them peace today as they wait even God they would just have peace that you're in control and nothing can harm them give them peace today we thank you for it God we give you praise today amen aren't you glad for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding Amen. So glad to have you worship with us this morning. God bless you. Let me invite you back tonight. Pastor Dave is going to speak for the men, and Karen's going to be interviewing Libby Cox, and it's just going to be a great, great night. God bless everybody. We dismiss you now in the name of the Lord. Go with God. Be blessed. Be a blessing. And go get you some soup in the friendship room.